I fear not the dark itself, but what may lurk within it. Welcome to Lurk, bringing you creepy, strange, and bone-chilling stories with your host, Jamie Jackson. Lurkers, welcome to episode 55. Today we're going to be heading west and south to the state of Mississippi. I actually closed my eyes and pointed to a map in order to randomly pick an area to cover. I figured that was probably the easiest way to be a little bit more spontaneous with topic choice. Another way would be for you loyal lurkers to send me a topic idea at lurkpodcast at yahoo.com or by sending a message through one of our social media accounts. Anyway, today we're going to be exploring the historic and haunted McRaven House in Vicksburg, Mississippi. McRaven House was built in 1797 by Andrew Glass in a town called Walnut Hills, which is now, of course, Vicksburg, Mississippi. In the Civil War era, it was known as the Bob House, and it is listed on the National Register of Historic Places as the Bob House. McRaven got its current name from the street that it was located on, which was formerly called McRaven Street, but is now Harrison Street. There's an awful lot of name changing going on around in in Mississippi. McRaven has been on the Mississippi Department of Archives and History's Historic Preservation List since January 8, 1978. It's also believed by many to be haunted and has been called the most haunted house in Mississippi. As I mentioned, the first part of what is now McRaven House was built by Andrew Glass, who was a highwayman in 1797, when George Washington was president and before Mississippi was even a state. It originally served as a way station for pioneers en route to Nashville, Tennessee, along the Natchez Trace to the Mississippi River. Andrew Glass, who was known for robbing and murdering unsuspecting travelers on the Natchez Trace, built a two-room brick structure with a bedroom above a kitchen, with a removable ladder to prevent an ambush while he slept. This second floor was only accessible by the ladder, a ladder that was never left out because Glass feared that other criminals or the law would come and get him. According to local legend, Glass returned home one night after being shot, pulled up the ladder, and had his wife finish him off so he wouldn't be hung. She obliged and slit her husband's throat. Andrew Glass was the first person to die in McRaven House, but was definitely not the last. The second portion of McRaven House was built in 1836 by Sheriff Stephen Howard. He enclosed a patio, creating a stairway, and added a bedroom, dining room, and two-story covered porch. Built in the Empire period, this portion of the house was simple but had decorative touches. Sheriff Howard lost his young wife, Mary Elizabeth, after childbirth in late August 1836 in the middle bedroom. Her spirit is the most active ghost in the house. Mary Elizabeth often greets guests and plays pranks, 
some of her personal belongings are actually still there in the house. The third portion of the house was built in the Greek Revival style by John H. Bob in 1849. He was a prominent brick manufacturer and sawmill owner. Mr. Bob built an elegant parlor, master bedroom, men's changing area, flying wing staircase, and a Greek Revival facade which he later replaced by the Italianate facade with Vicksburg pillars. During the Civil War's 1863 Siege of Vicksburg, McRaven House was used as a Confederate field hospital and campsite. Since it was located so close to the railroad, a major point of battle, the house was battered by cannon blasts from both the Union and Confederate forces. As food ran low inside the city, and people were reduced to eating mules, horses, and dogs, and even rats were sold in the butcher shops. By late June, nearly half the Confederate army was sick. On July 4, 1863, the Confederates of Vicksburg finally surrendered and the Stars and Stripes were raised above the Vicksburg Courthouse. After the battle, the house was the command post for the Union Army. It was used by Colonel Wilson, who was in charge of the Union troops, and a Captain McPherson, a former resident of the city. McPherson served as the liaison between the occupying troops and the residents of the town. One night, McPherson failed to return from his usual rounds and was declared missing. A search was started, but the young man was not found. Several weeks later, the colonel was awakened by a noise in his bedroom. He fell back asleep in his rocking chair, only to be awakened again by the motion of someone rocking the chair from behind. He leapt up, and there before him was the figure of a man. Upon closer examination, he realized it was his missing friend, Captain McPherson. Joy turned to horror as he noticed that the side of the captain's head was mutilated and his clothes torn and wet. The captain weakly stated that he had been beaten and thrown into the river by former Confederates. He told the colonel that his murder should not be avenged, for he did not want the next generation to grow up hating them like this one did. Captain McPherson's ghost, still wearing his Union Army uniform, has been seen roaming the grounds at the McRaven House during the day and haunts the streets of Vicksburg by night. Almost a year after the siege of Vicksburg, in May of 1864, John Bob had McRaven House returned to him. On May 18, 1864, after Vicksburg had fallen to Union forces, John Bob noticed a group of six drunken Union soldiers picking flowers from his garden. Now, John Bob and his wife were known to take pride in their flowers and vegetable garden. Much of what they grew was used in their own kitchen to prepare their meals. So when a group of drunken Union soldiers stormed into the Bob's yard and started eating their food and picking their flowers, John Bob grew outraged. Honestly, I have a ton of gardens at my house. If somebody just came tromping around, picking stuff, I would be really ticked. Not only were his floors still stained with the blood of Confederate soldiers, but now the opposing soldiers were stealing from his own garden and trampling his wife's flowers. Bob told the soldiers to leave, but his request went unfulfilled. 
After several attempts, Bob threw a brick at the men, striking one of them to the ground. The soldiers left, vowing to burn down Bob's house. Bob then reported the incident to the federal commander of Vicksburg, General Henry W. Slocum, who dismissively said he would admonish those responsible. Later that day, more soldiers returned to the Bob residence. They put Bob and his nephew Austin Mattingly under arrest and informed them that they would be escorted to Union General Slocum's headquarters. The soldiers led the duo into a wooded area in Stout's Bayou, about a hundred yards from the house. It was at that moment Bob and his nephew realized that they weren't being taken to Slocum, and they attempted escape. Bob was shot in the back and fell to the ground. The soldiers caught up to Bob and finished the job with a bullet to the face. Amazingly, Manningly escaped with no injuries, though his clothing was riddled with bullet holes. I don't know how that happens. Your clothes have bullet holes, but your body doesn't. Bob's death was the first recorded act of violence perpetrated by Union troops after the siege. John's widow, Selena Bob, sold the house to a realtor in 1869 and moved to a family plantation outside of New Orleans, Louisiana, called Sunnyside. McRaven was eventually sold to William Murray in 1882. Murray and his wife, Ellen Flynn, raised four daughters and three sons in McRaven House. William Murray died at the house in 1911. His wife, Ellen, died there in 1921. Their daughter, Ida, died in 1946, and a son died in 1950, all in McRaven House. From this point on, William's daughters, Annie and Ella Murray, both unmarried, lived alone in the house with no modern conveniences aside from a telephone, and no contact with the outside world except their doctor, Walter Johnston. In 1960, Ella Murray died at the age of 81, and her sister Annie sold the house after moving to a nursing home. At this point, the house was in such disrepair that neighbors and nearby residents had no idea that it even existed. The upper story was completely overgrown with vines, and the sisters had resorted to chopping up the antique furniture for firewood. In 1960, McRaven was purchased by O.E. Bradway, and with cosmetic restoration, it was opened to the public for touring in 1961. The house was placed on the National Register of Historical Places on January 8, 1979. Later that year, Bradway sold McRaven House and some of the furnishing to Charles and Sandra Harvey for $75,000. The Harveys closed the house and took on a year-long restoration at a cost near $100,000. The restoration included such things as woodwork, rewiring, plumbing, and plastering. A master at plaster restorations, Mr. Little of Jackson took on the extraordinary task of plastering all the walls and ceilings and restoring the Greek revile cornices and ceiling medallions. Having samples of the original carpet from the John Bob era, Mrs. Harvey found a company in Georgia to reproduce the carpet for the parlor, front entry, stairwell, and upstairs front bedroom. She also did extensive research on each period of the house to have authentic paint, wallpaper, fabrics, and furnishings for the public. 
the front and rear porch were in disrepair and had been roped off by Bradway. Lincoln Brown, with the Waterways Experimental Station, rebuilt both front and rear porches. While in the attic, Mr. Harvey discovered many rafters had been damaged from the Union shelling and needed repair. The 1840 privy, which was purchased by Bradway from the Vic House, was also repaired. Once again ready for touring, the Vicksburg Sunday Post featured McRaven's Spring Pilgrimage Open House in their April 6, 1980 issue. McRaven had been returned to her authentic glory. Though the Harveys and their two children never lived in the house, they spent many nights in the Howard's bedroom, protecting the home from vandals. In 1984, the Harveys moved to Natchez and sold McRaven to Leland French for $275,000. Leland French did further restoration. French was the first owner since the Murrays to reside in the house. Aside from a modern kitchen and bathroom in its basement, McRaven has remained largely unchanged since the 19th century. For this reason, McRaven House was featured in the July 1963 issue of National Geographic magazine, which called it the Time Capsule of the South. In May 2007, owner Leland French put McRaven up for sale for $1,750,000. In August 2015, Stephen and Kendra Reed purchased the home. They reopened it for both historical and ghost tours. It's believed that at least 11 bodies are buried on this property. Adding to the legend of McRaven being haunted, at least five occupants have died inside the house, and former owner John Bob was murdered just outside its premises, as I mentioned. It's also very likely that a few Confederate soldiers died on the property during the time it was used as a field hospital. In the time before Leland French bought the house and started living there in 1984, the previous owners who didn't reside in the home were frequently awakened by calls in the middle of the night telling them that the lights at McRaven House had come on. McRaven owner Leland French had several frightening supernatural encounters while he actually lived in the house. In one instance, he saw the ghost of former owner William Murray on the staircase and was chased by the ghost, and after realizing who it was and the fact that he is dead, a frightened French ran upstairs to the Bob bedroom and locked the door. I don't think that's really... Um, good protection against a ghost because I think ghosts can go through doors. I'm not sure. Could just be Hollywood. I've never seen a ghost do it and please if there are any ghosts listening to me right now I don't really want to know. I just got cold chills. Anyway, don't show me please if you're listening. I just had chills down my back. They're probably here listening. I'm probably not going to be able to sleep tonight just so y'all know. French later called a local Episcopal priest and had the house blessed. Not long after, French was pushed to the ground by an unseen force. He fell down face first, broke his glasses, and required stitches. Another time, a drawer mysteriously slammed on French's hands with such force that it broke both of his thumbs. This last instance persuaded him to move from McRaven House. 
probably a good idea. In the years that followed, the Vicksburg home became the site of a number of unexplainable mysteries, such as doors slamming, lights flickering on and off, alarm clocks going off in the middle of the night, and, of course, sightings of former occupants. Reports of ghostly activity are said to spread throughout the house, but the center of the activity seems to be the middle bedroom upstairs, the room where Mary Elizabeth Howard died during childbirth at the age of 15. Mary gave birth to a daughter in the bed that's still located in the house. She spent two weeks with her newborn daughter before she succumbed to complications to childbirth. Witnesses have reported the lights in the room turning on and off by themselves, as well as an impression of a body suddenly appearing on the bed. Her ghost is believed to be responsible for the bedside lamp in this room, which has been reported to turn on and off, seemingly at will. Mary loves to entertain guests and has a gentle and loving persona. She opens and shuts the cabinet door of her bureau, often even in front of tour groups. Her ghost has also been known to lead guests astray, separating them from the rest of the group, and she has an affinity for young children and mothers. Mary Elizabeth's ghostly apparition has appeared on the house's flying wing staircase and in the dining room. Many of Elizabeth's personal belongings are still at McRaven House to this day, including her wedding shawl. While handling Mary Elizabeth's wedding shawl, some people say it emits heat, while others claim it almost jumped out of their hands as if somebody were pulling it from them. Visitors have reported strange activity and have even seen her apparition appear in various rooms of the house. She's also been known to play a few pranks on the living. The spirits of Ella and Annie Murray are also said to roam the grounds of McRaven. During their time as living people in the house, the sisters became hoarders who eventually only resided in the dining room because the house had become so full of their stuff. They were known as the Witches of McRaven, though that was only because of their reclusive ways. I would like to be known as the Witch of McRaven. I'd be like the Witch of Queen Street. That's going to be me when I'm 80. Nowadays, you often hear piano music and or people talking in the dining room, and it's believed to be the ghost of the sisters. Ghostly apparitions of the sisters are also seen roaming around the property. In addition, the parlor room is said to smell of fresh-cut flowers and rotting meat. Now, before I get into this particular story, I am going to preface it by saying I don't think it's true. I don't I don't think it's true. But I'm going to tell it to you anyway cuz it's really gross and creepy and just think it's a cool story, but anyway. So, the parlor room says it supposedly smells like fresh cut flowers and rotting meat. And apparently while the sisters Annie and Ella owned McRaven, the parlor was once used as the staging area for the funeral of state senator Harry Murray with his body lying in the center of the room. The sisters had become such recluses at this point that they either did not care or did not know that Murray's body was never taken from their home and sat rotting in the parlor for days after the funeral. The corpse of the senator would eventually bloat and decompose in the room, 
the scent still lingering to this day, or so the story goes. Now, I tried to authenticate this story, so in attempting that, I found that Harry Murray did pass away, and he actually was the brother of Annie and Ella Murray. I don't know that in 1960 it was customary still at that point for a casket to be placed in a home. It was certainly, back in the day, customary for funerals to have the viewing in the home of the person who passed away. I'll be honest, I'm pretty sure there's been two or three funerals held here in my house in the parlor, which would be my living room. And everybody wonders why my house is haunted. I don't know. I don't know. It could be all the dead people that they've had on view in in the house. I don't know. But in 1960, I don't think that that was still the custom. Especially in this case, McRaven House was at this point not the grand mansion house that it once was. The sisters had hoarded it to the point of it was kind of falling down around them. So I don't really believe this story. Plus the fact that Harry Murray was at one time a state senator and um, he was, when he died, he was a, a very prominent attorney. I really don't think that he was allowed to bloat and decompose in the front parlor of a hoarded house. It's just an idea. But supposedly... The parlor does smell like this. So maybe it wasn't Harry Murray's body that decomposed in the front parlor. Perhaps it's coming from Confederate soldiers who were operated on and died, had their limbs cut off. Maybe it's coming from the pile of limbs that probably were thrown outside the windows. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. The spirit of John Bob who was murdered nearby by Union soldiers, also haunts the property. It's said that one of the smallest, though most active rooms, is the gentleman's changing room. There are taps heard on the window regularly, and Mr. Bob's apparition is seen standing there in the window. John Bob's ghost has even reportedly shown up in the middle of a tour. There's also the distinct smell of cigar smoke in the room. John Bob's ghost has also been seen at Stout's Bayou at the spot where he was murdered. Not surprisingly, the house's first owner, Andrew Glass, was also seen, has also been spotted in the room he lived in. And even people who didn't see him still claim to feel his presence. Women say they're touched by an unseen force, and men suffer irrational bouts of anger. Tour guide Brian Riley claims to have spotted a chair in Glass's room, tilt back, and then slam forward. Glass's ghost is also blamed for things that go missing in the house, but the items always show back up. There are stories of two little ghost boys named Eric and Peekaboo who run around the house. They mess with the guests and the tour guides by peeking through doors or touching people on the back. There are several toys in the house that these two ghosts enjoy playing with. Employees often leave and return the next day to find the toys rearranged. One woman saw a Confederate soldier sitting in a chair in the house. 
another felt a ghost touching her, and still another was knocked out of his chair by some unseen force. Several spirits have made their presence known as Confederate soldiers. At least 25 Civil War soldiers' remains are at McRaven House. Some have said that they've seen gray-clad soldiers patrolling the grounds at night, as if still on duty. Civil War soldiers are a common sight at McRaven. One was reportedly spotted as early as 1864, when a reporter saw a traitorous Confederate soldier that had been spotted multiple times since. Guests on guided tours have reported a Confederate soldier standing behind them, spotting his reflection in a mirror. Another group said to haunt the property is Native Americans. In the 1830s, the federal government forced tens of thousands of Native Americans in the southeastern United States to make an over 5,000-mile journey on foot to a territory designated for them in modern-day Oklahoma. This journey is known as the Trail of Tears. Part of this trail winds through Mississippi, maybe even through the McRaven property. Since many Native Americans died on this journey, it's no surprise they've been spotted here as well. Several of the tour guides have had their own personal experiences at McRaven House. Doors slam, lights turn on and off, alarms go off in the middle of the night. It's constant. I took a break one day and was sleeping on the sofa in the entryway. I woke up to find Mr. Bob looking down, staring at me as if I were one of those soldiers that led him to his death. I quit on the spot and never returned to the home. Another one wrote, In the old bedroom, I've seen the chair tilt back and slam forward. I've been scratched. Mr. Bob has shown himself to me twice. Once, he appeared behind a tour I was giving. Another, I opened a door to find him standing there. In the 1836 bedroom, a door the armoire opened and shut itself in front of a tour group. Another time in the same room, I was talking about Mary Elizabeth Howard. As I was talking, an impression was made on the bed, as if someone sat there. It remained until I stopped talking about her. One other time, I walked in the same room to find a teenage girl looking out the window. She heard me, then turned and disappeared. According to the general manager of McRaven House, I experience paranormal activity every day. What a cool job. During my research, I came across this CBS News report from 1999 and it was talking about the ghost at McRaven, and there were a couple of parapsychologists who weighed in, and I wanted to share this portion of this report coming from the only known paranormal experts, in my opinion, that would be parapsychologists who have put in the work to get the degree. I use experts lightly because really, how can you be an expert in something that is not an exact science? I'm not really sure, but we're going to go with it. Parapsychologists William Roll and Andrew Nichols came to McRaven to investigate the alleged hauntings. In 1999, they came during a particularly ghostly time. On Memorial Day weekend, under a full moon, and during a reenactment of the Civil War battle fought in Vicksburg 138 years ago. They came armed with sensitive field instruments that supposedly detect ghostly energy. 
they believe that electromagnetic fields can cause what people think of as ghostly experiences. Such energy fields are sometimes found in normal household wiring and can emanate from the earth itself. With a big enough field, strange things start to happen, say the two men, professors at the State University of West Georgia. The fields break down filtering mechanisms in the brain and allow us to perceive a level of reality that's there all the time, says Nichols. The longer you live in these areas, the more hypersensitized you become. So even though you might have, you might have had very few psychic experiences in the past, suddenly you start to have more in this particular location, he says. The pair found that McRaven seems to have powerful energy fields. There's a natural earth source underneath the house that's creating a powerful magnetic field, Nichols says. McRaven House might be described as kind of a storage battery for these energies, and people who go into this house are exposing themselves to those energies. And I think that that is what is triggering these experiences, he says. So in that sense, I would say that yes, McRaven House is certainly a genuinely haunted house, Nichols says. McRaven House is open for tours. They have both history tours and ghost tours. Information can be found at McRavenTourHome.com. I'll make sure that the link is in the show notes. As a reminder, show notes are basically the description of the show and the place I include any important links or information. That's going to do it for this episode. You can find episodes of Lurk on your favorite podcast app or at LurkPodcast.com, where you can also find links to our social media. Don't forget that we have t-shirts and hoodies available at LurkPodcastMerch.com. I think there's also a beach towel, a mug, and a pillow. The Virginia Bigfoot Conference in Staunton, Virginia is coming June 18th. Lurk will be there with some merch, but mostly to meet new people and chat, so stop by and visit if you're in the area. Information for that event is located in the show notes or on our Facebook page. And while I'm talking about conventions, the Sasquatch Festival in Whitehall, New York is September 24th, and we're planning on being there again this year as well. So until next time, keep lurking.